Uh, good morning, friends. Today we've got a pretty fun episode lined up for y'all. Uh, what do you think? What do you have to say? I mean, I, it smells like Denver. It tastes like Denver. If only it felt like Denver. Uh, it does feel like Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Not to me. You explain it. It's a bit. It's a bit warm out here, but it does feel a little bit like Denver because we've got uh, on the show today. The folks from Huckleberry Roasters. Let me introduce to you Cohen and Mark. Uh, my name is Cohen Goodman. I do. I am a co-founder and owner at Huckleberry Roasters. Uh, I also have the title of CSO, which means I generally do um, some stuff in the marketing and sales uh, fields. Um, but you know, also still wash dishes and make runs to Restaurant Depot. Those kinds of fun things. Oh yeah. Oh, I know those things. Oh yeah, never, never ending. <laughs> yeah, um, always putting out fires. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I started in the coffee field as a barista, uh, probably somewhere around eight years ago, maybe, and uh, was lucky enough to start in a in a pretty uh, nice specialty shop uh, that allowed me to play with uh, Intelli and uh, Stumptown uh, nice. back when they were. Um, you know, not owned by Pete's, although I don't fault them for being owned by Pete's, but, uh, they were a little smaller back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it kind of, honestly, it just kind of snowballed from there. I got in expecting it to be a, um, temporary, you know, uh, seasonal gig, like I think a lot of people and I liked it. I was good at it and met a lot of people that, you know, became kind of my community and lifelong, you know, friends and companions. So. Yeah, man. It, it, it's, one of whom was Mark. So, sure. Wait, Wait what? It's, it's funny to hear the uh, the crazy stories some people have on like how they got into the coffee industry. Usually, most of the time, it's by accident, and then they end up, you know, eight years down the road, ten years down the road, just like, man, you know, I never expected a a career in coffee, but somehow it just stuck. Um, well, that's cool, man. And you cut your teeth on the barista world. That's that's awesome. Hey, uh, so Mark, and how, you introduce yourself, and uh, how did you get into coffee? Uh, so my name is Mark Mann. Uh, I am the uh, also the co-founder and owner of Huckleberry, and I have the title of COO. And I do want to note that these are self-appointed titles. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, th- that just basically means that whatever Cohen doesn't get to, I take care of. Um, I handle a lot of sort of the Back of house, the accounting, the the general more day to day operations, the important um, stuff, you know. <laughs> well, it's all important. There's no, that's more important guys. than the other. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't say it, bro. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, and I got into coffee as a barista, and that was about eleven years ago now, maybe about wow. six and a half, or I mean ten and a half. <laughs> um, and yeah, I lost my train of thought. Um, it's Twelve years, so you've really cut your teeth on the on the whole barista uh, world. And how much have you seen coffee change in in those you know eight years, twelve years that you all have been in coffee? 
You know, I think we kind of get to it a little bit uh, later in some of the uh, the questions that you guys are are, are kind of oh, you know posting right. up I for us. I didn't read it, so um, don't, guys. No, no, no. And 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 I think a lot of it is 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 the fact that it really hasn't changed. It's it's kind of at the very basic level. It's the same thing. You know, it's it's a barista that that works on a machine with coffee and and provides a guest with great customer service and a really tasty drink and you know ideally back in you know 2006 when i was serving coffee and i think cohen was around then as well you know it was the same basic principle that anybody who chooses to walk through a door of a business and, and grab a cup of coffee should be treated special and should be you know given great attention and given a, a great quality beverage uh and, and i think that ethos kind of remains the same for for coffee that we do as well as other folks do, but it just happened to get quite a bit more fancy, I think, over the last 10 mm -hmm. years. Um, and I mean that in a, a positive way, not a, a negative sure. way by any means. Would sure. you think the fancy, Mark? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think the, the other part of that is, you know, back when we started, um, there, there, there wasn't like the opportunity to do much else, right? Like, you know, there was a couple folks roasting, but, you know, I think the the one specialty roaster at the time was really just getting going. So there wasn't like an opportunity to go, you know, learn about green coffee buying or roasting or quite frankly, even putting, you know, putting beans in coffee bags, like, a, you know, more of like a production assistant type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you wanted to do coffee on the specialty level or even on the non-specialty level, you know, it was in a cafe making drinks and talking to people and you know, being being a nice person with a smile on your face. And uh, I, I think that's how, you know, now Denver is this very diverse, you know, just exploding coffee scene with yeah. shops and multi roasters and, um, you know, all sorts of. Yeah. All the all the, the whole gambit. Yeah. Fancy brew methods or what have you. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but 10 years ago, 12 years ago, that wasn't really wasn't really the, a thing. Right. And, and Mark and Cohen, uh, both really good points about uh, or Cohen on your point of saying things haven't really changed. And I would see, yeah, that is like the backbone of coffee shops yeah, in general. Yeah, hey, Mark, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> the voice is you, you could understand. Are you guys brothers? What's going on? No, it's um, fine. We're basically one mind anyway. So mm -hmm. I felt what I, say I felt those yeah. vibes. Totally. <laughs> uh, so I do. Okay, we are going to skip uh, skip a little further in the questionnaire. We'll come back to another question. But overall, your experience with specialty coffee um, as a roaster, even before, what? How would you? Let's just go ahead and say, how would you describe specialty coffee in your environment in Denver? Like, what do you think of when? that word crosses your lips or what do people who are coming to your shop expect when they hear that? And I know that's kind of a, a big question, but I'm, I'm looking for the vibes from you guys on specialty. Coffee. I think there's maybe two, there's sort of two different answers to that. Um, I, well, I'll, I'll take one and then Mark, I think we'll know what the other one is. One, one of them is certainly that the, you know, if you don't f focus on our on the like shops specifically and you focus more on the the scene right the specialty coffee scene in denver 
Um, I, it's, it's a super healthy one and it's one about community. And I think for the most part, we're all really supportive of one another. Um, you know, we, we, we all, we all want to be successful, obviously. And, um, I think can look to something like the craft beer world where, um, you know, there's a lot of players in that field, big and small, and they are, they're, they're all doing very well for themselves in terms of, you know, the amount of beer they're brewing, the money they're making, the people, the amount of people, you know, the number of people they can employ. Um, and I think the coffee world has sort of followed those tracks, um, you know, that, that we can all be successful and Huckleberry's success doesn't have to come at the expense of coffee company X and vice versa. Uh, mm. you know, I think there's an element of, um, you know, and I, I say this often, you know, rising tide can lift all ships, ships or yeah. shops in that sense. Mm. Um, Ooh, but there's maybe, an, nice. a, you know, more broadly, spe- specifically to Huckleberry, I think Mark can speak a little bit to, you know, what we like about the specialty word or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hear it, Mark. Yeah, and, and I think to piggyback a little bit off of that, I mean, you know, rising tide lives all shops is true. And I think to some degree, uh, specialty coffee still remains to be the tiniest of tiny slivers of the pie chart, uh, of coffee drinkers across the United States. So it's only, Oh my gosh, did you just say that? Oh man, you're hurting people's feelings. I just want you to continue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure why, but be rocking the uh, boat. (laughs) Be rocking the ship that's being raised by the, we're controversial. We're controversial. Good. I love it. Yeah. We love that. We love that. Ratings. Ratings. (laughs) I mean, but, but if, if our, if our time and our energy is spent on, uh, competing and trying to undermine or, really slight any other shop in town that's doing something similar to us or another roaster that's doing something similar to us. And this kind of goes hand in hand with what's happening nationally. You know, we're only going to take each other out and, and, you know, there is a good degree of healthy competition that happens with any of these sort of small business industries, such as craft beer, like Cohen mentioned. Um, But I think, you know, we're, we're, we are going to be stronger together and we're going to be a much better competitor as a community of, you know, quote unquote specialty or third wave coffee shops and roasters um, than if we just, you know, spend our time in kind of the the finicky, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think you well, get yeah, the, I mean, the I, idea. I think there, you know, there's a there's a there's a bubble to these things. Right. And um, I don't think you have to. The whole goal for all of us should be, and it certainly is for us, is that we, we, we need to open our arms and expand the, the people that we reach as specialty coffee, you know, sure. roasters or, or, you know, yeah. specialty shops. I think if we continue to kind of, you know, fight over a very like, and this is kind of the sliver Mark was talking, but a very like small, set of people who, you know, like drinking, you know, fucking weird Kenyan coffee and like just refuse to put milk in anything. Like, I think that's, nobody's going to win, right? Like, you know, that's just, that that's just not how it works. Yeah. But if we can, you know, help people see that, you know, we're not all aloof baristas anymore and like, we're okay with a little bit of hand holding, and we're not going to make you feel like shit for asking a question. Right. You know, that, that is how you really expand the number and the type of people that come through our doors. And, sure. and that's, you know, that's where I think even just calling something specialty or, 
even more vague third wave. I think you really, you know, that's an off-putting term for people because they, you know, that immediately comes with connotations of, you know, yeah, I don't know, uh, su- superiority yeah, 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 or yeah, some, totally. something not familiar. Um, right. And I, I totally liked Mark's uh, comment about the sliver of the specialty coffee market because, you know, he's totally right in that fact as far as, you know, the specialty coffee being consumed as far as, uh, you know, the amount, the quantity of coffee that the United States is importing in is it really just only a sliver. But what's cool about Huckleberry and how you two met, which I want to I want to get into that story as well, how you all met each other uh, and, you know, started this awesome uh, roasting company. But the fact that you'll live in Denver, Colorado, where it seems like there is uh, a specialty coffee scene that is, how you put it, rising all shops, um, it, it puts you in a special place where you have uh, more of an audience that is accepting of, say, a more special product, whereas in other places around the world, there just isn't that market quite yet. And, and those shops and those roasting companies uh, have a little bit of a harder time uh, producing this this uh, product. Um, so there's definitely pros and cons being inside the, the specialty coffee scene where uh, a little friendly competition with amongst other roasters is, is a good thing. And it uh, goes to spur the specialty coffee, coffee movement forward is what I see. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's totally true. So yeah. with, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, uh, I didn't really have anything else to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, because I have another question. Good. Um, Shoot. So, guys, you met, and Huckleberry happened. I mean, there's got to be more to the story. <laughs> How did y'all meet? Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I got to know. We got to uh, know. Cohen, you got that one? I'll take the yeah. uh, Huckleberry question. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just so you guys know, you get, this is not the first time we've answered this question. Um, oh, of course. Well, it's gotten to be as we as we get a little older and our backs hurt more, we get to reflect on it a bit more fondly than than back in the day, I think. But um, we yeah, we met in a coffee shop uh, creatively enough. Um, I was working at that that shop that I mentioned before and um, Mark was. Uh, doing some nonprofit work uh, around the corner. And, uh, you know, in that way that coffee shops are pretty cool, you know, they, he and his uh, co-workers came in and, uh, you know, I was, I was making them cappuccinos or, or whatever they were drinking back then. And, um, you know, one of the first conversations we struck up wasn't really about coffee, but it was about music. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the shins were playing in the background and, uh, he was like, Hey, these guys are cool. And I said, yeah, these guys are cool. You want to be, you want to be buds? So romantic. I mean, it, it, you know, it was something like that. And, and, uh, you know, we, we then ended up working together at a different shop a few years down the road. And that was really the kind of, you know, foundational shop from a, from a cultural community standpoint that really kind of, became pretty foundational for, for Huckleberry. Um, um, but yeah, really it was, it, and this is something that I say often, it was, you know, coffee shops are special in the way that you can become, you know, you can go from being a, a, a customer to a regular, to being friends, uh, pretty quickly. And, and, and business partners, apparently. And business partners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that actually happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, uh, 
it's like the morning bar really without you know it actually being a bar it's you know instead of meeting a person at a bar and striking up a, a friendship and bonding over you know beer or wine or something like that you know a coffee shop happens to be a place where you either work with people that end up being your friends or you know meet people from where you know for instance where Cohen and I were working it was you know a super neighborhoody spot and we we really felt like we were an integral part of somebody's day and you know so much so that at by the end of our sort of tenure at that shop um we were going to some of our regulars places as a business you know somebody happened to work at Chili's and we all went out rode bikes out to a Chili's and and visited her while she was working and, and right that Queso and like, drinks yeah, one of the two people for one. That ended up being, you know, kind of a, a small, uh, uh, like financial backer. They they gave us some money oh, wow. uh, as we were leaving, and you know, back then it was like a ma- I'm, it was a massive amount of money. Now it's <laughs> so much money. It's just like oh, that was crazy. But but you know, wow. I mean, that was because we 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 were nice to her and we served her you know lattes for two years or something. You know, and right, she, yeah. she continues. Awesome. She goes to our shops now. She's you know, she's still part of the journey. That's awesome. So yeah, Cohen and, and Mark, you all met in, in Denver, right? This is still in the same yep. area as Huckleberry. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so and just about be, how, Oh, sorry. And to be fair, I was I was working at a nonprofit, but basically for the last you know however long, I would bounce in and out of working as a barista. You know, over the last however long, I said so. I was like I, twelve I, years or six years, I believe. It's ten. Oh, it's <laughs> <Both>. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want. Split the difference. It's been long enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we got to, okay, we got to move on to the name. Obviously, everybody in your shop's got to, this is a common question, but, you know. Did y'all just finish watching Tombstone together and just decide we've got to name it Huckleberry? You know, uh, I feel like there's probably three or four different paths that we often take when we describe uh, where we got the name from because it is kind of the conglomeration of many different types of you know stories and experiences and you know at the end of the day it was kind of you know we had a list of names and it was the one that we liked the best and right. it stuck and uh yes to, to answer your question tombstone was certainly uh certainly Please. a highlight of uh you know our adolescence and growing up yeah. and definitely one of the the better appearances uh, made by oh god and Blake. Yeah, how can I blank on that? Guy's Val name? Come on, Val Val Kilmer. 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 Day or what? All it's right, getting I'll just late, guys. Right? This call now. Yeah. Good grief! Can we start over? We can. Yeah. We can edit it. Cut it. Don't worry about it. Oh. Cut. Uh, but certainly one of the better performances that Val Kilmer ever gave, and I'm sure he also would say the same thing. I have no doubts about that. Uh, that's a joke. Um, but but for the most part, um, you know, uh, there's kind of a, a whole lot that isn't known about the actual plant of a huckleberry. Hmm. Um, it has kind of a lot of striking similarities to coffee. Uh, it's it's like a, just this tiny little hearty, finicky, largely har- harvested by hand uh, crop, and and it and it and it isn't domesticated. And it grows in the wild, mostly in the Mountain West. So, like, you'll probably see it at some point just kind of sprout up everywhere in Idaho and Montana. And I think in Colorado, actually, it grows uh, Mm. in the wild. 
Yeah, and um, some hi- hipsters' beards I've seen it a few times oh, grow, yeah. grow out of the wild. <laughs> including <laughs> including my own. I'm currently hungry <laughs> out of my beard. <laughs> Absurd. <laughs> uh, but really, I mean, you know, to get to the point, like, it's not all that different from coffee. And, and, and it's a crop that takes kind of the culmination of a lot of time and just a lot of hard work and if you want to grow something like a huckleberry or something like coffee, it just takes a lot of planning and, you know, a certain amount of determination to get something that's actually usable, edible, and, and good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. There's just parallels, and it made a lot of sense. And if, and if side note, people don't know what a huckleberry is or what it tastes like, it's like a really tiny, harder blueberry. So it's very closely related to what we know as a blueberry. Um, okay. And it's just a little more tart. Um, but... You know, to, to kind of get to the, the end of it, um, the, you know, there are a few different reasons why we called it that. You know, Cohen and I both really liked uh, just how very, like, just approachable and generally quite likable the word is. You know, I think for the most part, everybody, you know, either smiles or has really good feelings about the word huckleberry from, yeah. you know, literature to tombstone. We, yeah. we kind of have yet, knock on wood, to get somebody who has a bad association with the word huckleberry so <clears throat> so far six years in we're doing we're doing all right with the name and i think we we picked a good one now i just got to ask have you all ever used huckleberry as like a taste descriptor in one of your uh, your offerings oh, over the years wow so meta <laughs> yeah. come on meta or redundant i don't know yeah. Two. yeah yeah huckleberry this coffee tastes like huckleberry that, actually if you guys that did the limited be, room April first, uh, April Fool's Day. Thing. Yeah, the White Lightning blend. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh, guys, genius! All right, genius. <laughs> I'll give you guys credit. Good. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. Not all the Great. credit, but some credit. Well, yeah, man, that was eating <laughs> me up. Man. I, I know I always liked posting your coffee on Instagram because it just—I could—I could throw the whole tombstone line. I'm your Huckleberry, you know, and it just yeah. felt cool. Uh, I posting mean, beautiful yeah, coffee. You know, we we hardcore. used it early on, more a little more blatantly. Um, we had a stamp that said, I'm your huckleberry, and we'd post, like, stamp it on the back of bags. That's, That's cool. That was when mustaches were way in. Yeah, mustaches are in. They never went out, Colin. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wait a second here now. Okay, we got to move on. Jesse, do you have a mustache? Oh, shit. No comment? Let's move on. I'll sign off now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've almost all signed off, like, multiple times. <laughs> this this is going great. This yeah. is going great. <laughs> all right, guys. Now for time for the serious round. Okay. This is yeah. the serious round of questions. So whenever you're growing anything, a business especially, there's going to be roadblocks. Um, you know, building brand, uh, building quality coffee, roasting your coffee, customer base. You know, there's all sorts of things that could go wrong. Were there any major roadblocks for you guys that you had to overcome? And did you learn from those experiences? Can you share anything of that cool. nature? He said that this podcast has to be like 45 minutes or, or 60 be, minutes or something. It's it's as long as you guys want to talk. The conversation yeah, is kind of it's just more. Yeah. No, I mean, it was a joke about how endless the amount of uh, – if, if we started from the very beginning, this you know, we'd be – it'd be midnight and we'd be talking about all the different roadblocks. So um, long, long story short, no, no shortage of roadblocks, um, all of which – you know, for better or worse, we we you know quite literally had to overcome, or else you know that's that's the end of the business. Some of them obviously a bit more serious, some of them not quite as serious. Um, but really, you know, if if there's somebody who's listening and you know and has 
the idea that they want to start a coffee company. Um, don't don't let that be disheartening. I think basically, you know, if you're going to get into it, um, you know, this it, to start a coffee company is definitely not the for the faint of heart at all. But um, you know, each and every single day, it kind of just continues to be. A unique, a unique set of challenges and problems that that we're tasked with solving, and you know, for six years now we've we've done uh, I would say an average to okay job solving those problems. I, I definitely don't want to prop us up too much because um, uh, sometimes it means you know letting somebody go because it's not a good fit, or sometimes it means making a difficult financial decision and not taking a paycheck. Um, hmm. um, yeah, it's it's hard, it's challenging, but if you get into it and want to start it, just know that um, that's the way it's going to be for 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 quite a while. Um, yeah, I think there's and, definitely an element of it. You know, it's just an up and down game, right? Like that. Hmm. I don't think that that ever ends. And you know, I'm starting to think that like the the milk emergencies will never end, or you know, uh, <laughs> whatever. Like you know, you know, uh, sure you know why is ups you know still not delivering my coffee whatever the case may be but i think mm. as soon Amen, as you brother. can kind of yeah as soon as you can kind of you know just sit down and say like okay this is what it is it's up down up down peaks and valleys yeah. you know as long as the general trend there is you know we're getting more efficient you're getting you know you know trending upward or positively uh, whatever you want to say there um you know, that's all you can do. And, and, you know, if things are going well as a whole, you know, then it makes those peaks and valleys, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's a little easier just to kind of uh, wade your way through. And, and I think that's what we've done quite well. Um, mm. Yeah, and know, I think, we, yeah. Oh, not to interrupt, but to go off the peaks and valleys thing, like, um, I remember probably the first few months of opening up our 4301 Pecos Cafe. Um, and it, it just felt like the highs were just the most amazing thing in the world. And then the lows were like, oh, kill me now. Like, this is wow. the lowest I've ever felt in my entire life. Um, but the nice thing about sticking it out and, you know, kind of going through those types of things is that eventually they don't get quite as extreme. You know, they get they get there are still highs and there are still lows, but it's not these monumental shifts between when things are good and when things are bad. Um, right. I'm very thankful that that's the case now. It's just a little mm. more, uh, it's just a little easier to deal with. It's still not easy, yeah. but it's just easier. Yeah. Well, and you all just have the experience that just always accumulates over time, you know, being business owners. Uh, and I like the fact, Mark and Cohen, that you sort of addressed our audience in a way of people who might have interest in starting a, a coffee company. And I just had to ask, how did Huckleberry start? Were, were you guys, did you say, Hey, I'm going to open up a cafe one day and potentially roast coffee? Or were you guys going into this, uh, the whole Huckleberry project as, as roasters? And, and would you have a preference if you could go back and change it today? Ooh. Uh, uh two yeah. parts, I think, uh, Let's uh, go back to the coffee shop where, it, you know, Cohen and I worked at and really was foundational for us and us meeting a lot of friends and meeting a lot of uh, a really crucial community to the Denver, uh, the De you know, greater Denver. You know, it was just a really cool neighborhood. Um, we, we worked for a company that uh, would just drop off roasted coffee um, every week and 
towards the end of our time at that shop, um, there was a lot of curiosity and I think camaraderie between Cohen and I where, you know, we were curious about that whole other mysterious side of the coffee world because we had both worked as baristas for, you know, at that point it was, it was a little while. It was, you know, four or five years at the, by that point. And, um, you know, the, the company started out of curiosity and, and just intrigue and, and wanting to see if it was something that we could do. And quite frankly, um, you know, we, you know, for no other reason than we had a family member that was super supportive and gave us a very small loan. Um, you know, we were able to buy a two kilo Ambex roaster and play around with roasting every Sunday night and drink beer while we were doing it and roast mm. some incredibly terrible coffee. But <laughs> it was cool. kind of trial and error at the very beginning. Yeah. So, so it was the whole, the whole idea of roasting coffee and providing that roasted product, which is what kind of got, uh, those wheels churning in Neil's yeah. mind. Yeah. Oh, cool. and, and, and quite frankly, to have a space that, that kind of mirrored, uh, the place where Cohen and I, you know, basically started the company, you know, it wasn't, we weren't really working at that shop when we started it, but the idea was born out of that place and wanting to recreate a space that was, you know, number one, it was safe. It was welcoming. Um, it was fun. It, it lifted you up, you know, before you got out for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we always knew that eventually we wanted to have uh, a cafe, if not multiple cafes. So, Okay. Uh, you know, the roasting was one side, but we we definitely knew from the beginning that a cafe was going to be part of it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and frankly, guys, too, uh, I appreciate your transparency. We have a lot of listeners who I know have reacted to the idea of wanting to open a shop, and there's a lot of this dreaminess behind that, and um, and it's really helpful to bring it to reality, uh, mm-hmm. not to not you know not to destroy those dreams, but to put them in check and be like, you know, count the costs, you know, they're going to be costs. And, and, uh, when you're talking about a consumer facing something so consumer facing where you're literally face to face with the guest almost every day, uh, building with those relationships, like that can get wonderful very quickly. Like you, like your relationship was built upon, and then it can also get really ugly really quickly. Um, Because, because frankly, people can be really wonderful and they can get really ugly really quick. And that's right. just the nature of, you know, the world we live in. Um, you know, yeah, go yeah for I it. mean, I'm sure in Austin, there's no shortage of tech companies. And, and in Denver, there's an incredible amount of tech companies. And I have friends that own uh, startups and stuff like that. And, you know, quite frankly, they don't, you know, they have their own set of stress. And um, I'm sure there are things that keep them up at night. But you know, Cohen and I, you know, pretty much every single person that walks through a door or buys a pound of coffee um, is somebody that's keeping this business afloat. It's not quite as esoteric as getting, I guess maybe it's not esoteric, but getting, you know, venture capital money where it's, you know, I you know, get a round of 17 million and now I, you know, owe everything to these investors. Right. There's, you know, there's pressure in that, but but they're not forced to, you know, have to turn a profit where for us it's, it's, you know, like you said, uh, you know, you're face to face with the people that are keeping this business afloat. There's nothing else behind. There's no secret money being funneled into the company. It's if, if everybody leaves, if everybody stops buying coffee or a bag of our coffee, you know, this whole thing goes away and we wouldn't be talking to you 
well, yeah, nice and guys. There's, and, right. There's a, you know, in the sake of not passing up a good pun, uh, you know, it's, it's a grind, you know, like uh, this. Oh, gosh. Nice. Oh, yeah, thanks, Daily guys. grind. Yeah. <laughs> I love that coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do it too. But really, it's, it too. it's, you know, I mean, the customer facing stuff is one, one side, but, you know, as a whole, the industry, you know, you're talking about tiny margins on, you know, for a product that requires a lot of technical skill. Like, it, you know, it, it takes a lot of effort, whether it's, you know, through a morning shift or before you even have the skills to survive a morning shift to be able to dial in an espresso 20 times when there's also mm-hmm. seven drinks to be made. Yeah. You know, like it, it's 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 a high, you know, it requires a very skilled labor force. The profit is pretty small. Um I mean, you know, that that automatically it makes it a, a challenge. And, and right. Yeah, you know, we we get I don't know on like a monthly basis, but we get 10 to 15 inquiries from folks that are, you know, sort of asking for basically like advice from us or like to for us to be, you know, consultants or something, um, you know, and, and this is not what we tell them. But, we, you know, what we try to convey to them is this stuff's not easy, you know, and if you're not. You have to be in it for something. Obviously, you're in it for, to make money, but you have to be yeah. in it for some something else because right. uh, otherwise, you should just open up really anything else, and you'll probably make money a little faster. Right, uh, like a, open, yeah. a bar. Yeah, like a bar, a tech yeah. company. And, um, but you know, that being said, like I think, you know, we. Yeah, I think we've navigated it as well as we could. And in hindsight, I think there's probably all sorts of changes we would have made and decisions we would have made. But, you know, for the most part, I think we were usually pretty proud that we've made it this long and, you know, have never once asked anybody to sit on a paycheck and pay people pretty well and are able to give them raises. And, um, you know, so on, so on a lot of that stuff, you know, the grinding of it can also make it, you know, uh, feel pretty good or, or, or worthwhile. Yeah. Well, man, it, it, I'm glad y'all stuck it out, stuck it out and, uh, you know, continue to, to roast daily. And, uh, that's awesome, man. And I got to say like, yeah, it's totally right to bring up the fact that man, it, it is hard to, um, to face all those trials and it really takes, you know, someone who's passionate about coffee, someone who's passionate about, uh, their craft to really, you know, Get their skin in the game and uh, and take on this venture, the the venture of specialty coffee. Um, totally. But yeah, over the years, I just I've got to ask because I, I kind of am a coffee nerd, and there are just some yeah. coffees that stick out to me. And you know, even going back to your little two kilo, you know, four pound batch roasts that y'all were doing, is there one special coffee that's like stuck out uh, over all these years where you can say like, wow, like while you're drinking the beers. You'll clink the glasses and said, this is the best coffee I've ever had. And take us back to that moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. There were, some rough, there were some pretty rough ones early on. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, not for the fact that it was a good coffee, but the one that I continue to remember was the Bali Monsoon coffee. <laughs> oh, wow. From India? Like a Monsoon Malabar? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! How was that? <laughs> not good, not good. But it was it cheap, and he just 
Wasn't well, bad. I mean, <laughs> it was like basically coffee that was a mistake that somebody screwed yeah. up. Um, oh no! Well, man, monsoon. Like, you know how they process that stuff. They pretty much like have coffee sit in jute bags, yeah. open up the garage door, and they let literally like wet winds just blow through, and all these bags literally just get soaked. That's why they're called monsoon. Right. And <laughs> I mean, I, they, they they cup like robusta arabica essentially. But yeah, I know I know uh, there's some like high quality monsoons out. I just haven't tried one. Right. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I mean I don't it was the most uh weird and u- unique and entirely like strange coffee we've ever uh not maybe ever had, but it was one of those early ones that sticks out in my mind going my head more. You know, actually you know, there was uh there's a coffee uh that a lot of people have pretty consistently it's called uh, the Artie. Um a lot of people oh, yeah. use that. Yeah. As, yeah. Your um, yeah, we bought that one. I, I don't know how many years we've actually bought that coffee now, but it's it's got to be at least four years. Yeah, this is, even, I think we're we're in. I think we're in the fifth year now. Yeah, and 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 to have something uh, that consistent, um, hmm. and quite frankly, that good uh, consistently, um, it's that one's uh, that one is the the gateway drug for for people who are not familiar with this whole world. You know, you you sit them down and you say. I know, I know you like the Folgers. I know you like that. And that's totally cool if that's somebody's um, morning routine and that's what gets them out of bed. Um, but you give them a cup of something that's, you know, like a, a naturally processed Ethiopian, like the Arty, um, and, that, and that's kind of like an eye-opener. That, that one changed yeah. a lot of people's perceptions of what, what coffee can be and what it can taste like. And I think, yeah. quite frankly... You know, a lot of the scene seems to be moving on from naturals. Sure. There seems to be kind of a wave of people, you know, some of our, our, our crew and, and us included um, that don't prefer them quite as much anymore. But I still think it's one of the most uh, the easiest ways to to convert somebody to uh, just really understand what we're doing and why it's different than what's been done um, right. for the last yeah, think, 30 yeah. years. I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Artie, I've seen Artie actually in a lot from a lot of, well, not a lot of roasters. I've seen it around and yeah. it, it's, it's wild how different it can be depending on who's roasting it. To me, right. that's like phenomenal. Well, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, Artie is a broad classification for a whole bunch of different lots of coffee. And, um, I mean, we pass on a majority of them and then if we find one that's good, um, you know, then, then we go for it. Um, partly because again, it's been in our lineup for a number of years now, but also because yeah. it is, you know, somewhat singular in, in, you know, how clean it is for a natural coffee. Totally. How much of that, you know, blueberry, blueberry, strawberry fruit bomb that it, that it gives. Yeah. I was uh, going to, I was going to mention the fact that carrying a natural for five years, you've, you've almost got to have, uh, a blend of naturals in order to even keep that quality going because from year to year dude you have some that are those you know blueberry fruit bombs and then you just have some that fall flat and are like really earthy uh and just because you yeah. really it's hard to control that in the processing and especially from yeah. from crop to crop and lot to lot um yeah it's, it's that's definitely the way to go when you're when you're buying naturals for sure um well cool guys so that so and to be lot- and to be fair we have um and this is something that's kind of a you know, a recurring thing for us, you know, we, we have a, a stick it out sort of mentality with some of these coffees where 
we understand that some years certain coffees won't be as good as they were the year before, but that's kind of part of of the story of why we're doing what we're doing is because just like a a solid, you know, friendship or even a, a local vendor relationship, just to pass somebody off, um, and not give them your business one year could be hugely detrimental to their livelihood. Um, and, and knowing a person and knowing how they're, how they're, um, you know, bringing that coffee to, to us, how, how it arrives to us. Um, it, it's hard to just kind of not buy it one year just because, um, somebody may have had some trials or tribulations and, and that's kind of, more peer with our relationships with some of our coffees from Guatemala and Burundi. Um, okay. Right. Yeah. We, we, we there, there's certainly some, some growth there as far as relationship goes. Well, I think, uh, the, yeah, I think that Burundi is a, is a beautiful example of, you know, of what it out. <laughs> commitment can be. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, those are coffees we get from, um, you know, from our friends at uh, long miles coffee project. And, huh. uh, you know, the first year we brought that in, like it was their first harvest. Like they'd never really done like the exporting game. Yeah. Um, so the coffee got here late, you know, the processing wasn't beautiful. Uh, and the coffee was, you know, and, and I've said, we've, we've said this to, to them. So I'm not afraid to say, it, but it wasn't, wasn't that good. And we, and it was, we couldn't and ended up not being able to sell all of it. Um, and some potato cups in there. Oh yeah, potatoes. Oh, just yeah. as a whole, you know, from like from bag to bag, it was kind of all over the place, and some were really good. So there's definitely, you know, like oh, there's there's something here. Yeah. Uh, but you know, ultimately, we're in a, you know, the name of name of what we do is a little bit consistency, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's got to be uh, right. something that's always going to be good. So you know, we we had a conversation at one point. It's like, well, you know, what do we do here? Like, you know, we like everything they're doing. You know, like they, they, they're doing good work, you know, building relationships that are, you know, uh, long term, um, you know, there are our purchases are having a lot of very direct, you know, impact at origin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we ended up going back uh, and the second year was noticeably better, you know, still a little bit of inconsistency, but less overall. The flavor was more dynamic, complex, nuanced. Um, you know, and then third year, uh, it was great. Uh, we ended up getting a few more micro lots from them. And then this year, one of our, uh, uh, David Fasman, who's one of the guys that works with us, he's, he's using that coffee for competition. Uh, like oh, this wow. Uh, the awesome, Burundi, yeah. Yeah. The Burundi yep. gateway. So um, you said, I'm oh, sorry, go on. No, no, go for it. I mean, it's just, a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's what Mark was just saying that, you know, sticking it out. You know, honoring relationships is, you know, I, I think it's as required of us as as we, you know, require from importers and the relationships they're making. Like if we're mm-hmm. just cutting and running for the next best thing or the hottest thing or, you know, oh, sh- you know, shit, Madcap has this coffee. That's great. Right. Let's get that. You yeah. know, I mean, what are we what, what are we doing then? Right. Like that, that, that that's just a I think it's not as fun. B. I think as a whole, it's just kind of undercuts the coffee industry and yeah. certainly means we're all having a smaller impact on improving people's lives, you know, where it's really needed. Right. No. Yeah. That, that, I mean, man, we could move that in a whole nother direction, <laughs> but I'm going to we're going to pause there and let people think about that. That's a really good point. Um, 
as we're coming to the end of the episode here, guys, we have uh, some final points, some final words. What did we call it? We always forget we call it the closing bill. You always forget what it's called. Bill. It's called the closing bill. It's called the closing bill. Uh, <laughs> it's and a it's round of short shot questions. Short shot questions. There's three of them. I'm going to ask you both. Uh, we'll start with uh, Cohen, if you can answer first, and then Mark, you second. And um, the first question is, where do you see uh, coffee going in the next five years? Um, and we're talking as a whole, like as an industry, as an industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, I I actually think it's pretty clear. I I think, uh, you know, luxury is winning out. And so, um, you know, I think people from, from all sorts of coffee drinking backgrounds are starting to recognize that there is something about what we are doing, uh, that, that is special and, and unique and worth investigating. Um, and I think the industry as a whole is is going to figure out a way, you know, to access those people, to meet people where they are, you know, hold their hand a little bit. Um, you know, I often say that there's there's an element of us being kind of a gateway drug, right? Like, hey, yeah. come try this like really kind of cool Colombian coffee. Like it's not quite Folgers, uh, but it's also not like weird, fruity and bright. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's going to be having we're going to have more of those conversations and 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 um you know, I, I remain convinced that when people have those coffees and they have it in a kind of a broader experience that is friendly and welcoming and approachable, um, th- those people are going to become loyal to us. And, um, you know, they're going to they're going to go to their local coffee shop or, you know, find a roaster that they really like and whatever, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And, and, you know, they're going to order coffee from those people because, you know, uh, they, they see that there's something special in that. And, um, you know, I, I think this is, uh, you know, you're starting to see this by there, there's a reason why Pete's is investing in intelligentsia, right. Or why Starbucks is growing their reserve or why Starbucks is pulling Howard Schultz, you know, the yeah. brainchild, to do the luxury side of Starbucks with the reserves, like the bigger companies are recognizing this, um, which I think is good. I, you know, I, I think it's obviously also in a sense going to make it a little harder for the little guys to really get footing. And, um, but I, I think as, as a whole, again, if we're talking about the impact that we're making, um, you know, I don't think we want to be too selfish about that. I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah. and that's really where I see it going. I think more people are going to see that we're doing something good, uh, and special and unique and and mostly delicious. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think more people are going to yeah. come on board. Yeah, certainly the specialty coffee train is rolling, uh, yeah. and a lot of people are jumping on. What about you, Mark? Where do you see coffee going in five years? Yeah, I think to uh, – I was just going to say samesies, but uh, I yeah. can piggyback <laughs> off of what Cohen said. Um, and I, I, I'll keep it brief, but I think it, it's going to go the route similar to uh, Spirits, where I think there will be a lot of consolidation. I think um, you're going to have to do a little bit of research behind the coffee you're drinking to find out if it's actually owned by a local company. Um, I think there's there's a little bit of sneaky, so I'm going to play a little bit of the devil's advocate and, and say that that you know your local guy in Topeka, Kansas, might be owned by Pete's, which is probably not going to be the case, but. Um, you know, some of this stuff is going to require some some consumer um, knowledge and investigation. And uh, yeah, outside of that, I think 
finding good coffee when I'm traveling will be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I think. Woo, woo. All about that. Yeah, exactly. If you're in some airport in, <laughs> yeah. let's call it Topeka, if they have an airport. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's be real. It hasn't reached airports yet. I have, I mean, not the ones I've been in. I haven't had a good coffee in an airport yet. Big ones. Uh, big ones are starting to get at Denver within the next three years. We'll have it. Um, spoilers? It's going to happen. Dang. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No spoilers. <laughs> not, not, uh, not yet. But, well, maybe, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'll call them tomorrow. Uh, Please do. <laughs> Mr. DIA. Well, hey, y'all, I, I got one for you. Uh, yeah. And that would be, what would be the most, uh, well, the single best piece of advice you've ever received? It doesn't have to be completely related to coffee, although it can, but just in your lifetime and your experiences, uh, what's that one piece of advice that you can always go back to? Am I first again? Cohen is Cohen. Yeah, either one, either one. I mean, yeah, let's keep it in order. It's getting confusing. This, this is uh, this is some philosophical stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to blow our minds. It doesn't be like Henry David Thoreau stuff here. We're good. Yeah, uh, no, I, you know, I, I think I'm not. I, I haven't. I didn't hear this from maybe a single people, but I think I've, you know, I've seen it live out, and you know, from my parents and within my family, and certainly my circle of friends, you know, being. Being a decent and nice and kind and gracious person goes a long way. And, you know, I think um, that's not specific to coffee, but it is also specific to coffee. You know, giving, paying people a decent, uh, you know, hourly wage or salary and, and giving them, you know, the means to have a, a you know, a, a livelihood that is not month to month um, is, is a good thing. And, you know, being understanding when somebody's having, you know, a, a shitty time with, you know, whatever they might be dealing with and, and, you know, being, having some empathy and understanding that, you know, that is also going to come to me at some point. And if I have somebody that I can lean on, then, then I'll be grateful for that. Um, so yeah, I don't know being, yeah, don't be a jerk guys. Right, there you go. <laughs> That's some good advice. Don't be a jerk. Just to quickly piggyback off of that, I guess, um, again, uh, is uh, I, I, I am somebody who potentially uh, is a little bit more introverted. And I think sometimes talking to people doesn't necessarily come supernaturally. So uh, one of my, my friend Wes told me that, uh, you know, to get out of that sort of mindset is just ask people questions and and really want to you know have another person talk about themselves because people really like talking about themselves um, and it's it's way more interesting to listen and sit back and, and gather somebody's story than it is to just kind of you know, ramble or spout or, or whatever. I don't know if that was a well, piece of advice. Mark, but, don't give uh, away our secrets. You're giving away our secrets, <laughs> man. Come on. Cool. Uh, yeah, you can catch me on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think uh, basically what Cohen said is great and just don't be a terrible person. Uh, cool. Listen to people and, 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 and I think it's, you know, it's, it's relevant to political climate wherever you're at, but it, it, this next good while is going to take some some listening and understanding no matter where you're at. So give yes. people some time to explain uh, explain their story and, and, and listen a bit. 
Yeah. Agreed. Well, Thank cool, you guys. for saying uh, that. I got one last one for you. And it is – yeah, here you go. It's the um, the whole question where it's what would be the uh, most valuable resource um, that you'll find in coffee? It could be a news source. It could be uh, like a, an organization such as Specialty Coffee Association. It I could mean, be what, our what Instagram could, page. What resource right. could, could you not do <laughs> Huckleberry without? Cash. Shoot. There you go. <laughs> cash is a great – wait, I, cash. I think you're the first person that's ever said cash is a resource. Uh, that is awesome. true. I mean, it is a resource. Yeah. Uh, it was one of my answers to another huh. question that I had. Um, uh, my uh, my dad worked his ass <laughs> off when I was a kid, and when he'd get home, he'd put me on his lap, and he'd finish off his day's work for a few hours in the basement doing spreadsheet stuff. And I can just hear it resonating in my brain space that cash is king. Um, yeah. He's an accountant, and – I feel like and now I'm having this crazy full circle thing as an adult where I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> he is totally right. <laughs> I'm becoming my dad. Yeah. No. Guys, that's um, a separate podcast, uh, but we can talk about that. Yeah, different- but maybe Cohen can and can uh, say something a little more meaningful. Yeah, what about you, Cohen? cash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is, a, that is a solid resource there, so Some don't get that. True. True. Um, uh Honestly, I think it. I mean, the SAA is great. I think that you know, there's other, uh, there's other coffee podcasts that are well, also really good. Cohen. Well, <laughs> the, the coffee podcast is top. There you go. the best. Uh, the best. Sad. <laughs> oh man, this is going uh, downhill quick. Um, <laughs> no. But honestly, it's people. Uh, you know, it's there's. We have questions every single day, and sometimes they're financial, sometimes about, hey, have you worked with this importer? Uh, sometimes they're about, hey, my roaster broke. Sometimes they're about, uh, hey, what do you do when you know employee X is struggling with this, right? And, um, you know, there's people for, you know, somehow that have crossed paths with us um, that have always been there to answer questions for us, and uh, you know, the lessons that they've shared or experiences they've, they've shared, um, you know, have, have really kind of guided us through, you know, the, the grind and the ups and downs that we've been talking about this whole podcast. And uh, we, we continue to this day to rely on, on those resources of, you know, uh, coffee friends. And sometimes they're not coffee friends, uh, you know, to, to, to provide us with a little bit of clarity when, you know, uh, our own brains can't quite work through the Mm-hmm. the murky waters and um and we also hope to pay that you know i think we do and we hope to continue to pay that forward and you know that's why for example when we get an email you know hey should i open up a coffee shop our answer is not you know no, no. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but let's talk about it and, and right. why do you do this so on and so on so um yeah you know find find a community of people that you know whose opinions and thought processes you value and um you know, they're going to be the best best resource that you can ever ever have. Awesome, people yeah, and I, cash. There you go, people and cash. <laughs> well, uh, that's the, well, guys, the title of this episode, right? <laughs> there you go. We, yeah, uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> right. uh, well, Cohen and Mark, thank you both for being on the show. Um, yeah, Wes and uh, Jesse, we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a lot time. of fun. 
Hey, uh, and before y'all go, if you could just give our listeners um, a place to find you, uh, where's the where best point of contact? Uh, maybe your website, uh, social media accounts. Um, just let let our listeners know where they can find out more about Huckleberry and where they can try your product. Yeah, you can uh, you can find Huckleberry on the interwebs at huckleberryroasters.com. Uh, Feel free to reach out via email. Cohen and I manage our general info at account. So if you send an email there, we will see it. Cohen, do you want to? Uh, sure. Well, there's uh, things like Instagram. Uh, it's pretty popular. Uh, Huckleberry at Huckleberry Roasters. Uh, Facebook, uh, we're pretty good there as well. Uh, and then certainly if you're ever coming through Denver, please come see us. Uh uh, we're right off the highway. Convenient if you're going from the airport uh, up to the mountains to go do some skiing. Uh, but we'd, we'd love to see you. We, we like meeting people that, you know, uh, come through our doors and especially when they're when they're new faces and, you know, have interesting stories to tell. So mm. come see us if you're in Denver yep. or go see any of our any of our friends that serve coffee. Uh, yeah, or go to, the, go to Seven Flag in Austin and pick yeah. up yeah. a cup of our coffee. <laughs> That's right. Hey, cool. dude, come on. Competitors. There bro. we go. It was a lot of fun having you on the uh, on the show. Yeah, it's um, good to chat with you guys. It was great to have Cohen and Mark on the show. Uh, and to be able to see some local uh, Denver guys take their passion for coffee and turn it into uh, a really awesome production of roasting and cafe side and, and to really tear that apart and talk about it here on the show. Yeah, it was good getting to meet a couple of more people in the industry and we'll be keeping close tabs on Huckleberry and as should you. Listening to the Coffee Podcast, where focus is people and our language is coffee. Uh, if you're going to be in Austin, Texas this week at all for the Coffee Champs, be sure to hit us up because we'll be down there. And as always, be sure to hit us up on social media: the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, yada yada. And hit us up. And happy brewing. After you hit us up. <laughs> <laughs>